Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast was recorded and released for the folks over at my Patreon on Friday, February the 26th, 2021. If you want to jump in on some early episodes or exclusive content or just all kinds of fun stuff, come and join us over at the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or. It's just a dollar a month, folks. There's my pitch. Let's get into the episode, WandaVision, Episode 8, Spoilers Ahoy! Hello and welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm your host. Salute to all of you out there joining me today to just bathe in the wonderfulness that is WandaVision. So... Just watched episode eight entitled Previously On, and I thought we'd talk about it. Should we do that? Why not? We're here, right? You got your earbuds in or your car stereo on or you got your boombox up on your shoulder. You're ready. I'm ready. This is the episode where we get all the backstories. The Previously On. And we open in Salem, Massachusetts in 1693, and we see Agatha Harkness being led toward a stake. It's we're we're under the assumption they're making it look as if she is about to be burned at the stake for being a witch, which happened in Salem, Massachusetts at the time. The Salem witch trials. I'm sure you've heard of those. But rather than being escorted to this stake in the ground by a bunch of hooded Puritans, no, she's actually being punished by her coven, led by her mother. It seems that she has been delving into an area of the mystical arts that she's not supposed to, the dark side, as it were. And she has been learning above her station. We get a bit of her motivation here from Agatha. She wants to acquire power. She wants to learn as much as she can, as quickly as she can. And she's tapped into something that she probably shouldn't have. Well, the witches encircle her and they go to punish her somehow. I'm not sure what their end game here is. I don't know if they're there to kill her for her crimes or maybe shut off her magic somehow. I don't I, I don't know, but they all encircle her and they fire hexes at her and their hexes are the color blue. She screams for a while as if she's in pain and then we realize She's not in pain. She's getting what she wants. And suddenly this blue hex magic turns purple and seems to be radiating back toward the witches. Now, I'm not sure what was happening at this point 
I'm assuming, of course, I'm pretty sure I'm correct that the purple hex magic is hers because that's what we saw her use in the previous episode. But I don't know if that magic is then it's obviously killing the witches because they fall over dead, but they are husks of their former selves when they fall over. So I am assuming that she is now taking the magic from them. She's she's like a freaking magic vampire and she's sucking the magic out of them. Her mother fights back, but she ends up killing her mother as well. And then she takes that brooch she has been wearing. And that's all we get of that flashback. Then we go back into the basement where we left off in the previous episode. And Agatha is, she doesn't quite understand how Wanda has become so powerful. Wanda tries to strike back at her, but Agatha points out that there are runes surrounding the basement. She points some of them out to her and she says, you know, this is a a simple spell, rune magic. It only allows the, the person who cast the runes to be able to do magic within the room. And she seems to be kind of, why Why wouldn't you know that? You obviously know magic. You're very powerful. You're one of the most powerful witches I've ever come across. And then she performs a couple of spells for Wanda that are basically the same kind of spells that Wanda has cast to turn Westview into what it is. First, she takes a cicada, And performs a mind control spell on it and makes it fly over and crawl all over Wanda's face. Then she does a transmutation spell. I think that was the right word. It's from, they they did it in Harry Potter too. But she changes the cicada into a bird. But she she calls it an illusion, a very elaborate illusion. So that makes me think she didn't actually change the shape and form of this bug She just made it appear to everybody else that it was a bird. But basically, those are two of the the basic spells that Wanda has cast around Westview. She's controlling people, and she has made them look, and she has made the town look a certain way. And Agatha just, she wants to know how she does it, because she is controlling people and creating stuff miles away at the edge of town, and she's never known a witch to be that powerful. Well, Wanda just, Wanda pleads ignorance. Wanda doesn't understand what she's talking about. She's, as far as Wanda's concerned, she doesn't remember doing it. And if she did, it's it's almost like she's, you know, I just did it. It's just what I do. And so then Agatha basically takes her through, uh, she has her step through a door and we see Wanda as a child back in Sokovia with her parents. We learn that the two people, the man and the woman in the commercials are not her parents. Her dad comes home from trying to make money by selling DVDs, and he's got a lot of old TV shows on DVD. And when he comes home, Wanda comes out of her room. It's TV night. It's her turn to pick what they're going to watch. She picks the Dick Van Dyke show, a season two. It was like season two, episode 21. It's her favorite episode, apparently. And as they're watching the show, that's when the, when the bomb goes off. So... Before they sit down to watch the show, her mother looks out the window. There is fighting in the streets. She just kind of dismisses it like it's something that just happens a lot. And they sit down to watch the show and then the apartment freaking explodes. Wanda and Pietro are left alive. They're hiding under the bed. A bomb lands in the middle of the room. It's got Stark written on it and it doesn't go off. Well, that's at the point that Agatha steps in and she says, so basically you used a probability spell to stop the bomb from going off. 
Wanda says, well, no, it just it just didn't go off. As far as Wanda is concerned, she didn't get she didn't have powers back then. But we're learning that she did and that she's using them. She's using them subconsciously. We don't see any of the red hex magic or anything, but she does stick her hand out toward the bomb as if she's going to cast a spell. And that's when Agatha kind of steps in and she's like, so you used a probability spell. Well, then we move forward in time to when Wanda has volunteered to become a part of Hydra because she wanted to, quote, change the world. And this particular memory, she is brought into a room. It's just her and the scepter. There's a couple of Hydra agents in another room watching her through a window, and they tell her over a speaker to go and touch the object. One of them tells the other, no one has ever survived this. You know, like, we got to stop doing this. Nobody has survived this. And the other guy is just basically, shut up. This is what we're doing. So she approaches the scepter, and the frickin' stone comes out of the scepter and floats toward her and kind of explodes and bathes her in its light. And again, Agatha kind of summarizes. She says, oh, okay, so we have basically a, a little girl born with these powers to become a witch, never understood how to use them. They probably would have faded with time. But then she gets a supercharge by an infinity stone, and now she's like super powerful, basically. But she still wants to know how she and why she's doing what she's doing in Westview. So then we move to the third memory, which is her in the Avengers compound after the events of Age of Ultron. She's watching Malcolm in the middle. The vision comes in. They have a conversation about loss and love. And it's at that moment that we all realize that the two have fallen in love with each other. Agatha kind of realizes it herself. And that's when she points out, you lost your mom, you lost your dad, you lost your brother, and then you lose vision. So that's that's what happened. When did you completely lose it and start this thing with Westview? Wanda still isn't buying any of this, basically, that she's the cause of Westview. She's still kind of confused about that. So then we see the last memory. This is when Wanda goes to S.W.O.R.D. Now, we've seen this through security footage that Hayward showed everybody in a previous episode, but we learn that he obviously doctored the footage or did some fancy edits so that the security footage would tell the story he wanted it to tell, which is, in his version, she basically, out of nowhere, busts into S.W.O.R.D., muscles her way into the room where they are taking apart Vision's body and then makes makes off with it. But in reality, she walks into S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. She goes to the front reception desk. She asks the guy at the front at the security checkpoint. She, she, she wants to see Vision's body. She knows that they have it. She basically, this is like right after the blip. She's just come back from the blip. They've probably just obviously just destroyed Thanos. And now she's gone to S.W.O.R.D. because she wants... She wants to claim Vision's body. She considers herself next of kin, and she wants to give him a proper burial. That's all she wants. Well, Hayward eventually lets her in. She goes to his office. She explains to him what she wants. He explains to her that, yes, they do have his body. He's the most powerful sentient weapon ever, and they they argue a bit, and then he takes her to a big window And she looks down and there is Vision's body. It's in pieces. And she kind of freaks out a bit. She's like, what are you doing? And he says, "Uh, we're, you know, basically we're doing our jobs. He says, look, 
I understand what it is you want to do here, but I'm not letting you take $3 billion worth of vibranium and then bury it away in the ground. So she breaks the glass. She floats down there. The the guards all come a running with their rifles. Hayward tells her tells them to stand down. And she basically just says goodbye to Vision. And then she leaves. So he made all that crap up about her stealing the body. We don't quite know yet why, but we get a hint of it at the very end. So she gets in her car. She drives to Westview, New Jersey to a a lot, an empty lot where there is the foundations of a house. She's got a card in an envelope in the passenger seat of her car. She takes it with her into the 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 basically the the foundations of this house and she's looking at it and she she opens it up and basically it's it's like a property deed for this lot. And written on it is uh, a message from Vision that says I, I I can't remember exactly what it says now, but basically it it looks as if he bought this property for the two of them to build a life on, basically. Build a house, build a life, spend the rest of their... I think it said, actually, this is something to the effect of, this is where we will grow old together. And that's when she finally snaps. She's lost everything in her life. She has this reminder of what she could have had with the love of her life. And she finally snaps and she creates the illusion around Westview, and she brings the vision there. But what we learn, I'm going to spoil a tad bit from the very end. She actually, this is a, this is not, she didn't reanimate vision. She didn't take vision from sword and bring him back to life. She created an all new version of the vision from nothing. Well, that's when she kind of comes back to her herself and realizes this is a memory. She's still in Agatha's house. She hears her kids outside calling for help. She runs outside. Agatha is floating 15 feet off the ground. The two boys are in front of her. She's got them on basically hex magic leashes that are choking them. And she tells Wanda, I know what you are. You have no idea how dangerous you are. You're supposed to be a myth, a being capable of spontaneous creation. And here you are using it to make breakfast for dinner. And Wanda says, let go of my children. And Agatha says, oh yes, your children. And Vision, and this whole little life you've made, this is chaos magic, Wanda. And that makes you the Scarlet Witch. That's when they roll the credits. And then, of course, we get a after credit scene in this episode, like we did the last episode. And we are taken to the sword encampment. Hayward is there and he says, all right, let's get ready to launch. If you remember in the previous episode, he was talking to like his second in command or something. And she had said, we're, we're ready to launch whenever you are. So now they're going to launch. And he walks into this tent and he says something to the effect of, I can't believe after all these years trying to activate him, trying to power him up using all different types of power, all the different power options known to man. And all we needed was a little bit of, I I don't remember how he put it, but basically the hex magic. And they've got, I think it was one of the drones sitting in like a clear plastic case and her hex magic is, is, is emanating from it. So it's, it's a drone. I think it's the eighties drone that they sent in that she brought back out when she stepped out of the hex. 
and told them to leave her alone. And she dragged that drone with her and kind of threw it at their feet. I think that's that's what that is. But it's just pulsing with her magic. And they've got it hooked up to another like big chamber thing. And inside you see the vision. They've rebuilt him. He doesn't have the Mind Stone in his head. He has something a little different. But the thing that I found quite shocking is that it's the white vision. And this is when I realized I should have read John Burns West Coast Avengers before I started watching this show. Because there's a number of things that harken back to his run. It's been so long, like a dec- like a, like a couple of decades since I've read those books. But there are a few things I remember. I feel like the whole deal with her kids and being part of Mephisto and Master Pandemonium and her kids not being real, I feel like that was dealt with in his, in John Byrne's West Coast Avengers run. And the white vision is definitely from that run, from what I remember. And maybe, again, maybe I'm remembering differently because it has been a couple of decades. But my memory is that at some point, the vision is taken offline and taken apart and then reassembled. And then when he comes back, he's all white and he's not the same vision. He's more robotic. He's more, he's basically like a cross between Spock and Data. That's the way I remember it. And I'm assuming that's how this vision is going to be. And good Lord, I have no idea now what's going to happen in this last episode and how it is going to fit in or flow into the new Doctor Strange movie. We didn't see Monica Rambeau at all in this episode or Darcy or Jimmy Woo. And I, I want to know what's going on with them. Are we ever going to find out who frickin' Monica's friend is that hooked her up? The astrophysicist who she referred to as a guy. Are we going to learn who that frickin' guy is by the last episode? Have we already learned it and I just missed it and I'm sitting here ranting about nothing? These are things I need to know. And how is Doctor Strange going to fit in? Will he make an appearance in the last episode? I feel like he kind of has to at this point. Since we're dealing with magic and an ancient witch, because Agatha is obviously a few hundred years old, and we know that this flows into or launches the Doctor Strange movie, I feel like he has to make an appearance. He is either going to be a big part of the last episode. He's going to be the guy that swoops in and saves the day. Well, actually, I doubt that's going to happen. I can't see that happening. I can't see them going through nine episodes just to have him come in and kind of save the day. I think there's going to be a another after credit scene in episode nine, and that's when we're going to finally see Doctor Strange. That's what I think. I don't think we're going to see him at all in the main body of the episode. I don't think we're going to see him until the after credit scene. But we did, like I said, we learned a few things here. We learned that even though the previous episode said it was all Agatha, Agatha did everything, she didn't do everything. Wanda is the one that created the hex that changed Westview into what it is. She's the one that's been controlling these people this entire time just because she snapped. She, you know, in her madness... She created a life for herself and vision, the life that she's always wanted from, you know, growing up watching these television shows. This is what she's always considered to be the ideal family life. And after suffering all of this loss, especially after, I mean, she loses her parents, she loses her brother, but then she's finally given a glimpse 
of what life could be for her, a glimmer of hope. And that then is taken away from her. And so, yeah, she she goes freaking crazy and she manufactures a life that she considers the the perfect American life. And uh, I don't we don't know yet at this point really how Agatha came into the picture. Was she in Westview when it happened? Did she sense this from somewhere else? Sense this powerful magic being woven over this town and made her way through the hex using her powers. We don't know yet. I, my feeling is that she was living in Westview and all this just landed in her lap. And she's now using this as an opportunity to drain Wanda of her powers like she did her coven. Maybe that's how she's lived as long as she has. You know, I'm trying to remember there was a moment in in the first Doctor Strange movie, well, the only Doctor Strange movie at this point, where he finds out that the Ancient One had been tapping into the dark magic and that's how she had been, she had lived so long. So that's what I'm assuming Agatha is doing. She's using the dark magic to prolong her life, but maybe she's like a magic vampire and that's what she wants out of Wanda. Um... And again, I feel like this is just a a crime of opportunity. Agatha was living there. This got dumped on her lap. Or again, are we going to find out she was Jimmy Woo's witness in witness protection? He it, it wouldn't be the first time he, as an FBI agent, had to look after or be, you know, be mixed up with a what would be considered a super powered individual. He was the one in charge of Scott Lang's house arrest, who is Ant-Man. Now, he's not naturally super powerful. It's it's a it's a science thing with him. It's a suit. It's chemicals. But still, is he part of a branch of the FBI that kind of deals with super powered individuals? And Agatha is a was under witness protection for some reason. I don't know. I feel like there's a there's another door that still yet needs to be opened that we're going to learn something even more in episode nine, you know, they made a big reveal in episode seven, another big reveal in episode eight with Wanda being the Scarlet Witch, being this being that can create, how did she put it, a being capable of spontaneous creation. There's another reveal coming in episode nine. I just don't know what it is yet. And I feel like there's still a lot of questions they need to answer. Who's the astrophysicist? How exactly did Agatha get mixed up in this? And how does Doctor Strange fit in? And how do we reconcile between the new version of Vision that Wanda created and this now reactivated version of Vision that's all white? What's going to happen there? Which Vision is going to be left standing at the end of the show? Because I think a lot of people have been saying over the last week that by the time this this show is done, Vision's going to be dead. I don't think that's the case. I think this is the show that one of one of the... One of the reasons for this show is to bring Vision back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just don't know which version we're going to get. And I think I find that incredibly interesting. If they follow the comics, we're going to get this white version of the Vision, this Spock Data type Vision for a little bit, and then he'll revert back somehow. Yep, that's what I think. Just a reminder to my patrons, next Friday, I am out of town. I will not be able to watch, more than likely, I will not be able to watch the final episode of WandaVision on Friday and record the episode and get it up to you all on the same day. I am going to try my best to get it watched, 
get the episode recorded and get it to you before the folks on Just Another Fanboy get it. Because y'all are my patrons and you deserve a break today, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, going out of town. So going to get it a little later than normal. That's it, folks. One more episode left. Then we have a week off and then we get six episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Those are supposed to be hour-long episodes. I read something that said that all of these Marvel shows ultimately are supposed to be six hours long. But since each episode of WandaVision has been shorter, that's why we've got nine episodes. Whereas with Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're going to get six hour-long episodes. But I also heard these last two episodes of WandaVision were supposed to be an hour each. And this one was 46 minutes, so maybe they're speaking in broadcast television world, which is if this was being broadcast on a national TV station and it had commercials, it would be an hour long. I don't know, but it was 46 minutes, and that's with credits. That's it. That's all I got, folks. Have a good week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.